Welcome to Starkey Soundbites. I'm Dave Fabry, your host and Starkey's Chief Innovation Officer and an audiologist by training. And uh, it gives me great pleasure to introduce my good friend and colleague, Ray Woodworth, who's been uh, with Starkey for... Over 20 years. 20 years, and in the discipline for over 20 years. And, and I don't think it's hyperbole to say that you are known as a master of custom hearing aids. And, and I can tell you that you have many fans who are likely listening to Starkey Soundbites, perhaps for the first time, mm -hmm. because of the way that you've helped them achieve the best solutions for their patients by ensuring customized, personalized technology. And that includes not only the, the programming that goes into compensate for their hearing loss, but importantly, that custom solution that enables the cosmetic benefits, all day comfort, freedom from feedback, uh, a nice tight fit in the ear. And there's no one better than I can think to, to talk about this topic than you, Ray. Oh, and I'm, thanks, I'm really pleased to have you join us today. Well, thank you for having me. Um, you know, I, I have to give a lot of credit to, to Bill Austin. Of course. Yeah. You know, I, you know, I've been with, here at the headquarters for over 20 years. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, you know, quite honestly, when I first came here, I was, I didn't know what I was getting into. <laughs> um, so, you know, working with Bill all these years, I, he's, he's shown me something, a, a different light. You know, I used to work in a private practice. And yeah. when I was in private practice back in 2000, um, you know, I was doing custom products at the time. Mm -hmm. You know, I'd shoot impressions and, you know, look at the orders and, and make sure I, I get the best result for the patients. And that's yep. what we want. We want to make sure our patients are happy yep. and we give them the best results. And quite honestly, I would just shoot the impression, put it in the box, write mm -hmm. up the order and send it out. Yep. I wouldn't pay attention to the little details that, mm -hmm. I, that I've learned through Bill. And, and so, Bill, Bill is fond of saying the ear is the boss. Yes. And I know you've taken that mantle too in yes. your day-to-day -day activities. Yes. Why is it that the ear is the boss? So that's a very good question. So, you know, in my classes, I always make that phrase and, mm -hmm. and I got it from Bill. Yeah. So one time I was, uh, I was shooting an impression and uh, I take it out and uh, I show it to Bill. Yeah. And Bill looked at me and goes, remember, I'm not the boss. I love I it. I said, okay. <laughs> he goes, you're not the boss. <laughs> he said, but you're the boss. Yeah. And I was like, and it didn't really dawn on me until he really said it and he looked at me in the eyes. The magnitude of that statement yeah. kind of initially. It resonated. It, it, it totally resonates yeah. for anyone that has made custom devices that yes. fitted properly and didn't fit properly. So, so what we do is we hear a lot of patients tell us what they want, mm -hmm. and, but we don't hear a lot about what they need. Yeah. And they, the ear dictates that. Yeah. So we want to make sure our patients are happy. We want to give them what they want. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, we can't change the ear for what it is. Nope. The ear is so unique and so different. Mm -hmm. So Bill always tell, you know, tells me, you know, when you work with these patients, you want to do what's best for the patient, but... You have to see the ear. The ear tells us a story. It tells us what we can and cannot do. And being here at the factory as long as I've been here, I know the parts, the receivers, the vents, the chip, and how, what the size of them and how they fit. Yeah. So, you know, I don't know if we're going to get into discussion about over-the-counters, but, but, of course, yeah. you know, the ears are not standard. Right. So well, people have talked about the uniqueness of the external ear, the ear canal. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's almost like an ear print as unique as your fingerprint, fingerprint is. Yeah. And, you know, 
if when you when you look at the different styles of hearing aids, you know, with our two point four CICs, with our rechargeables, uh, the AP molds. Um, AP, what's that mean? AP means absolute power. Okay. So right. I would I would beg to differ in terms of saying traditionally, historically, AP means absolute power, but yes. I think now all purpose. Yes. I see more and Absolutely. more customization. Uh, when we're talking ear mold impressions and custom products, it's not just an in the ear custom product, but also a custom driver, a custom solution that goes in the ear coupled to a, a RIC, yes. a receiver in the canal device, or even a BTE in the form of an ear mold. Yeah, so yes, correct. So one of the things that people need to understand is, is you know, we, remember the zone product that we had? It, sure. was, it was a RIC with a bud. Yep. And we were trying to reach a certain loss that wasn't a candidate for a bud. They needed more power. Yeah. So back in 2009, 2010, we got a hollow shell mm -hmm. and Bill put a receiver in it. Yeah. And then we solidified it. We made it hard. And people ask me, why is it a, a solid shell? So when you talk about absolute power, the receiver vibrates. Yes. And then when you put it in a solid shell, it makes it more stable. Right. And it separates the receiver from the microphone. Correct. So when you do these things, you can drive it harder give more clarity without feedback. So the APC was born because we wanted the fit losses that needed the power and the clarity. Yes. And in 2009, when we started fitting them, like you said, it was they were called absolute power because all we were using was the 70 receiver right. and the big 60 receiver. Yes. Nowadays, we found that some buds don't stay in the ear. Some buds irritate people. Yeah. So we went into, and, and they, so we went into using APs for all different powers now. To, to allow uh, better sitting uh, molds in the ear um, to, to help it retain. Also, some ears you can get really big vents. Yep. And, and the, again, the ear's the boss because some ears you can't get a big vent Correct. because the ear doesn't allow it. Right. So when we talk about AP molds, I find that, that you can pretty much fit anybody with an AP mold yeah. if, you, if you really look at it. But there's some cases where the ear is too small to where you can't get a true big open vent, but they may feel occluded. Yeah, it's so that trade-off yes. between the power of the receiver and then the consequent yep. size of and that the receiver open, and the openness yes. of the vent. And if you want so, a high-powered receiver with a big vent, which often might only be the case for those steeply sloping yeah. losses. And you have to be careful with that because if you make the vent too big, you're gonna have feedback issues. Exactly. So, but I, I've seen that, that, I've seen people come in with buds mm -hmm. and we're not reaching the highs yeah. because it's too open. It's not, it, when you make a custom mold, it conceals it better. It just, it makes it sound better. Mm -hmm. So, and you can likely get a more secure and deeper fitting uh, in the canal that the receiver can sit deeper in the and canal. better sound direction. With better sound direction Absolutely. so that it's not pointing it into a canal wall. Yep. It's getting further in the canal wall so that even if you're doing a more open device, there's a smaller residual canal beyond yes. the tip of the receiver than what you likely can get with a dome placement and that more Absolutely. standard location, a little shallower in the canal. And, and also you get less feedback yeah. because you got a good seal fit. Right. And, and separating the microphone from yeah, the receiver. Yeah. So is, there's a lot of there's a lot of things that were configured for a reason. And yeah. and you know, and I think the and, and I'll be honest with you, there's people that don't want behind the ear. There's people that want custom. Yeah. They don't want something behind the ear. Right. So I've I've seen people come in and they say they want an, an IIC, which is an invisible in the canal. Yeah. And uh, and they don't want the the Bluetooth. They don't want a stream. Mm -hmm. They just want it cosmetic. Mm -hmm. We're known for cosmetic. We're known to make really small hearing aids. Yep. So if the ear dictates, says, hey, 
we can do this. I get excited for the patient. Hey, yeah. we can build this for you. You, you tells us we can. So every time I go in, when we see patients, nine out of 10 times I shoot their ear impression mm-hmm. because I can show them right. and say, look, this is what we have. This is what we have to work with. I can make this what you want, what you told me. So Yeah, and, and, and one of the things that I've seen both you and Bill Austin do is really look in the ear yes. with the otoscope and then encourage the patient to talk before you make the impression. Before yes. you ever make the yeah. impression, you're yep. looking in the ear because we're not talking about imaging the inside of a coffee cup or a bottle, a stable. That thing is moving. Absolutely. And, and I've watched both you and Bill look in the ear and really analyze before an impression is ever made or an autoblock is even positioned to yes. see what's going on and where yeah. that movement, how much movement does the Absolutely, I'm glad you brought that up. So yeah. people always ask me, hey, Ray, you know, you, know, you know, I work with a lot of our customers over the phone yeah. and I troubleshoot a lot and I work with a lot of difficult cases. And I get people calling me saying, Ray, why is one staying in just fine yeah. and the other one is walking out? Yeah. Well, each ear is different. Yeah. And so I've seen where one ear moves a lot when they chew and then the other it doesn't move at all. Well, and I'll so, go a little further with that because I, I've done some work in the past in this area. So and I think that. whether or not people realize it, and this is going to drive some people crazy now <laughs> when they think about this, but we are, as humans, we're habitual chewers. And so when Absolutely. you go to chew on a steak or a jawbreaker or anything that is a hard, uh, resistive object, unconsciously, most people favor one side or the other uh, whether they have dental work or a cap or a crown or sensitivity, and they're bearing down when they go to chew on something really meaty, uh, they go to the same side all the time. Yep. And that is what drives, most of the I time, be, people will not have a patient who has uh, IICs or, or completely in the canal devices that walk out of both sides. It's usually, it walks out of one side, and then when you ask them to start thinking about where are they chewing, more aggressively, mm-hmm. it's almost always on the same side, and that's going to be the side that walks out and you know uh, more than the other. And you need to take care. Yeah. How do you overcome that? Then how do you compensate for that? That's a good question. So, you know, when it, when it comes to TMJ jaw mm-hmm. movements, you know, people think that just because you make it longer, or they think there's certain ways you can do to avoid that area, you have to keep in mind that when you have a profound loss unless you have that jaw movement, yeah. you have to make sure you have a good seal. Yes. You can't, you can't just start modifying it and trying to take off in that area. Because, because feedback yeah, will be the result. Up. Yep, and yep. when they chew it, starts feeding back. Yep. But if an ear has good retention, yep. and if it's a mild hearing loss, yep. you can be a little more aggressive. Right. You can start taking off more. Yep. So it's not just the ear, but also the hearing loss we have to look at. Correct. So more profound losses, I found that you have to have a good seal fit and, and you can take off in certain areas, but don't be too aggressive on that area, yeah. especially where the jaw movement is. A lot of people ask me where the jaw movement is typically on the anterior wall yes. before the second bend. Correct. That's where it usually is. It's not on the back wall. It's not on top. It's, it's can right. be, but it's far more common on the anterior. Well, far more common in uh, the, the front wall before the second bend. Right. And, you know, you mentioned earlier about why we always look in the ear. Yeah. Another thing we look at is the texture. Yes. The texture of the ear. Yes. I've seen patients where the skin folds, the skin's very loose. Yes. And, you know, we work with a lot of elderly people. Yeah. And when the skin folds and it's very loose, you got to be careful. Because you can get what's called prolapsing canals, prolapsing where the canal, canal and that's where you get is sores. so, so it, and, and it, it closes down because that yeah. cartilaginous yeah. portion is 
loose yeah. and yeah. floppy. And if you if you if you if you make the hearing aid too tight, what happens? The skin goes with it, and then right. the skin pulls it out again. So yeah. you have this motion of why is it walking out? And sometimes it's because we're not tapering it enough, or it's too tight. Yeah. So when I see an ear. Uh, that has a lot of folds in it. Mm -hmm. um, I typically try to not make it too tight, especially if it's a mild hearing loss. Okay. I try not to make it too tight and, okay. and take off on and taper it so it would be easier to get in okay. and it won't just push it out. If you have a profound loss and you're worried about it taking off too much, that's where the canal loss come in. Right. That's where you do a half shell, yeah. a full shell. We, we can do any style. Right. But the question is, what's the best style? Mm -hmm. What's the best solution? Mm -hmm. So everybody has a solution. But my question is, learning from Bill, is it's not the, the solution. What's the best solution? Right. And the best solution comes down to how much do you understand the ear and understand the product. Right. If you understand the product and the ear and hearing loss, you can marry them and interface it better. Yeah. So and so the, from the professional standpoint, for many of the people listening to this podcast are dispensers, audiologists. The most important thing is garbage in, garbage out. And so they've got to start with a good, deep impression. Mm -hmm. And I would encourage professionals to make deep impressions on everyone, whether it's a mild gain or a more significant gain, because it helps with how to direct that sound down the ear canal not, to not know only, and anticipate any not turns. Not only that, but also for retention. Yeah. You know, you, I, I've seen so many impressions come in where they're, they're too short. And, and, I and then, you, then you're just guessing. We're yeah. guessing at the factory. Level. Yeah, and, and also I, I cringe because they, they call us in, why is my hearing aid walking out? Why is it feeding back? It's because the impression was too short. Yeah. So what happens is you lose the bulbous areas of the ear. One of the things I learned working with Bill all these years mm -hmm. is paying attention to the little things. Yeah. The little things can make the biggest impact. So when you shoot an impression, pay attention. Yeah. You know, people tell me, wait, how do you put it down so far? Mm -hmm. You know, and I'll be quite honest with you. And, and there's people that, that that would admit it that some people just don't feel comfortable going down to to the new yeah. But but part of that is if you get into the habit, if you routinely yes. go instruct the patient what you're going to be doing, tell them they might feel a little mm -hmm. you know discomfort as you're placing it, but assuring them that you're not doing any damage. Mm -hmm. If you get used to doing the same procedure yes. on all of the time on every patient, even knowing that the architecture is different. Mm -hmm it's gonna lessen that anxiety. And I think because of those dome tips with the receiver in the canals becoming the most popular style, yeah. quite frankly, as a discipline, we've gotten out of the habit of Shoot, making yeah. good impressions, You know, they, good you, first impressions. Yeah, you, you're absolutely right. And you know, I, one of the things I, I bring up in my classes is, you know, when you get the technique and understand how to place the block and so forth, you have to remember, if you if you use a big block on a small ear, mm -hmm. it's not comfortable. No, and they, they react. Sizing so it. The probably. size of the block is a huge factor. You know, Bill always tells me to flatten the cotton, flatten the cotton, and I was like, why is he always telling me to flatten the cotton? Mm -hmm. And it made me realize that when you flatten that cotton, you can you can go down further yeah. without putting pressure on the other side. So, so you prefer cotton over uh, foam. foam? Absolutely. Me too. I I. I think you can use foam if it's for the right ear. If you have a surgical ear, absolutely. Fill up the cavity. Fill get, up. get the cavity filled in. But when it comes to IICs or CICs, something that needs a lot of information about that ear, I would go with cotton because you can flatten it and make it more comfortable. Yeah. Also, 
Also, it gives us more information. When yes. the block when the when the block is too big, we lose almost half of the ear canal yeah. because the, you, you use a foam that was huge. Yeah. And, and and people and, don't realize that no. as soon as they come to us, the first thing the technician they is take doing it off, is they take that off. And, and if it. it's half filled the canal, yeah. there's a lot of guesswork. Yes. So so that's where I think cotton is customizable. You flatten it, you put it in, and this is ultimately then really the ultimate in yeah. blocking, auto-blocking, yeah. and tackling the problem yeah. unique to the patient. And, and I ask people in the class, why why do you guys continue to use foam? And you know what they tell me? What? They're worried about getting a blow-by. Okay. So they're, they're okay. okay, fair enough. Sure. F fair enough. You know, that's fair to say. Yeah. But if you get the right circumference, I, I've been shooting one time, Dave, I shot over a hundred ear impressions in one day Wow! because we had classes that come yeah. in for, yeah. for training yeah. and I had to get, <laughs> you know, Bill wants those impressions. Perfect. Yeah. hundred <laughs> perfect impressions in a day is yeah. no small feat. Yeah. And Bill is a perfectionist Yeah, and he wants to make sure everything yeah. is right yeah. where he wants it to make sure right. to get the best result. So I always, I always tell three in the morning, you know, you've seen it. But I've seen shooting. it. And, yeah. uh, Never had a blow by. Yeah. Never got. Well, that's because it becomes ritual when you're yep. doing it over and over the yep. same process all the time. Yep. And I use a videoscope. Yep. I don't use a hand. Good light phone. is yep. is extremely important. Yeah. What about the you know there been there's been a time for those of us who've been around a while um, where people did impressions with a closed jaw and an open jaw using a bite block. Yeah. What's your position on that? That's a good question. I get that question often. Yeah. Um, I, so 23, 22 years ago when I started, yeah. I, I saw a lot of the mouth blocks. Mm -hmm. And, I, you know, back then, uh, one of the reasons why we used mouth blocks is because we wanted to get a nice seal fit. Mm -hmm. Well, our feedback cancel is phenomenal. Much, yeah, much so improved. So our tight fits didn't have to be like it used to. Yeah. So people use mouth blocks because they wanted to make sure they get a nice good fit. Yeah. I mean, tight fit. Well, I'll be quite honest with you, I never use a mouth block. Yeah. I use relaxed jaw. Mm -hmm. I, I don't, and if they have- And a stable jaw position though yeah, is important. Yep. Not having them talk because yep. the cure rate on these physical impressions, silicone or, yep. you know, methylmethylmethylmethylmethylmethylmethylmethylmethylmethylmethylmethylmethylmethylmethylmethylmethylmethylmethylmethylmethylmethylmethylmethylmethylmethylmethylmethylmethylmethylmethylmethylmethylmeth
-hmm. And I go up into the helix, right? I come back down and I keep it there and I let the, the material do its own work. Yeah. I don't I don't try to do it for it. So what happens is people, when they shoot the impression, when they take it out, they start moving it too much. Yeah. And what happens is you start creating these air pockets. In yeah. So I let the impression do what it's supposed to do. Don't be in a hurry. Don't be in a hurry. And, and when you put it, and when you go up and go back down into the bowl, leave it there mm -hmm. and let the, let the silicone do what it's supposed to do, which mm -hmm. is it, it will spread out. Mm -hmm. And it's all you have to do. And then when you take it off, you should have a nice spiral. Yep. And, and round flat. Um, you, you know, to think about that, you know, when, when people talk about, hey, why would, why would you shoot a full ear impression or a long impression all the time? Mm -hmm. Well, you got to keep in mind that when you scan an ear impression, let's say you decide to change the model. Let's say you decide to add a, a canal lock or a helix lock or whatever. We'll have it on file. If you don't fill all that in, you're going to have to ask for a new impression. Right. So if you give us everything at first, okay. we can always add things to it. Or Do the we, same or, process all the time yes. and make don't it be in a rush. Make it happen. Good lighting, like you said. Yes. And then, you know, yep. and then focus on trying to make it as complete an impression. Yep. And, and don't worry about wasting a little bit of material. Yeah. I mean, but it's and, better to get that Dave, So, so if they call back and say, hey, can you add a canal lock? Well, you didn't fill in the bowl. Right. So I can't. We Got can't. A new impression. Yeah, we need new impression. Takes time. Yeah. Another impression. You know, it's interesting because we live in a TikTok world these days, and I yeah. know there have been hundreds of thousands of views of people getting wax removed from their ears. Yeah. I think you should start a TikTok uh, channel on making ear mold impressions. Yeah. Um, because it, it is, you know, it's a, it, it, putting my nerd hat on. I mean, it is an art and a science mm -hmm. to get. A, a quality impression, which is mm -hmm. absolutely going to deliver that end result, mm -hmm. whether it's for a, an ear mold, a receiver in the canal, AP, mm -hmm. or whether it's a custom device that fits deeply in the ear. Yeah. Um, and it all starts with the impression. And if, it, if you're not beginning from a good analysis, spend a little bit of time with a good light looking in that ear, getting a lay of the land before you ever put the block in, before you ever put any material in the ear, mm -hmm. um, you, you're going to be so much better off yeah. than if you try to rush through it because you're scared. Yeah. And you know, quite honestly, Dave, I, I think like you said, you, you hit it on the head. Slow down. Slow down. Because if you, if you take your time and, and get it right, you, you have less returns. Yep. You'll have less fit issues, yep. less remakes yep. if we just get it right on the first. So I want to talk about two areas. Um, <laughs> Um, one time. is, uh, let's do custom first, and then let's go to, I want to get to the issue of um, the trade-off between venting, and well, mm -hmm. let's cover this, Re venting and, and receiver power. Yeah. Many professionals think, worst case scenario, well, what happens if the person's hearing changes, so I'm going to go with a bigger vent, yeah. more I mean, a bigger uh, uh, receiver, mm -hmm. larger power receiver than I need right now, but I want to have a little bit in reserve. But then that means you're having to downsize the vent, particularly on smaller ears. Mm. Um, you know, we can make other receivers, other APs. What's your feeling on um, an oversizing the power of the receiver and undersizing the vent versus the other way around? Selecting the appropriate power and then going with the biggest I, vent. You know, you, I, you, you brought up something that I, I, I went into a lot as far as... Um, People wanting the overpower or reserve gang, yeah. um, like, like you mentioned. Yeah. And I'm glad you brought that up because I didn't think about that until you brought it up. I get a lot of calls about, you know, why is the hearing aid bigger? Why is the vent too small? Why, you know, they give me all these whys. Mm -hmm. And I found that you, you have to do the initial fit 
and make it the most successful fit. Right. You can't think about the reserve because or what's going to happen in the future. Yes, and the reason why is because you want to make sure that patient's happy when you first fit them. Yeah. When you start thinking about reserve or the future of well, I need this for later on, you're going to change that fit. You're going to make the hearing aid bigger because the receiver sizes are not all the same. No, they're all different. No. So yeah. when you ask for more power, you may be asking for a bigger hearing aid. Right. So if cosmetic is more important, I would fit what they need now right. and make sure they're happy. We can remake. Yeah. With yeah. a larger receiver, yeah. whether and, it's a customer they, or an AP. But 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 they, you know, let's say the hearing changes. Okay, then we get we got to go back to the drawing board yeah. and, and make something that suits that change at that time. At that time. Yeah. So so I found that people when they start asking for things that they don't need now, but they may need later on. But they may not. But what happens is you start having occlusion issues. Right. You start having right. vents being too small because right. you want a bigger receiver. Right. So, this is look. I mean, it's and, really a partnership between us, the manufacturer and the professional, and the professional knows the patient, they know their absolutely. business, but we also know that trade-off because yeah. of our experience with millions of years. And also the parts, we're familiar with the parts, parts and yeah. how they fit. And so, so, so you know, and I, and I think it's really, truly, the best results are achieved when there is a meaningful and deep collaboration between the partner, the professional, yes. and the manufacturer, and yep. the trust that it goes along with that. And yep. I know you are really a trusted advisor oh, to a lot of professionals well, in, in, in the field because okay. they know that you're thinking as they are in the best interest yeah. of the patient. And it's not just because we want to sell more products of this size or whatever. No, I want um, to do as best for the patient like they do. Yeah. yeah. You know, we're, we're in this to make sure the patients are happy. Right. And, uh, I, I, you know, I'm glad, I'm glad you brought that up, Dave, because, you know, I truly believe that if you get the initial fit right, yeah. you, you're going to have a long-lasting relationship with your patient. Yeah. And, think, and, and, and whether it's custom or whether it's AP, I cannot stress the importance, too, of that custom solution <laughs> to direct the path of the sound down the ear canal so that it's not bouncing and careening down the cartilaginous and bony portion of the canal, but giving us direct a path to the eardrum as possible mm. makes a subtle but important difference on sound quality. And you know, when you say that, you know what comes to my mind? Mm. Standard over-the-counter hearing aids. Right, right. You know, and think about you, that. You, 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 I've seen people come in with buds yeah. and it's hitting right into the wall. Right. And they and they're like, I can't, I can hear you, but it's it doesn't sound clear. It sounds muffled. Right. You know, and, and, and we and think about you know, we say, well, oh, the programming is wrong for their hearing no, loss, but it's the position it's the, of that the bud. position of the bud, the way the sound is directed, yes. all of that goes into the sound quality and probably is equally, if not more yeah. important. And sometimes to the if result. you have a really big ear yeah. and you put a bud in, all the sound bleeds out. And yeah. they need more more power in the highs, yeah. and you can't get it because it's all bleeding out and it starts feeding back, and you run into this. The situation where they need a custom. Yeah. So, you know, this over the counter. You know, I, I tell you, I, I see, I see, you know, the the commercials, and I see uh, social media, and I see these over the counter stuff, and it makes me cringe because I know how it you, may be an important part. It, you know, it we is. We have to embrace the new reality and providing accessibility and affordability. I agree. However, I agree with you. I do agree. However, <laughs> um, uh, assessment affordable. I think that's great, but. If people have seen as, as many years as I've seen, mm -hmm. uh, our ears are not standard. They're, they're uniquely different. And uh, I tell you right now, there's going to be a lot of hearing aids in a drawer. Yeah. It's, it's going to increase. And the reason yeah. why is because uh, people don't realize that, hey, I feel muffled. Yeah. 
Um, and and not, not only because of the sound direction, because the ear is so small and you put a butt in, they feel plugged up. They feel yeah. occluded. So nobody's going to want to walk around feeling plugged up or occluded. Or when I take it out, I'm going to hear better. So there's things that happen with the standard bud. Even if you change the tip, some ears just don't work with it. No matter right. what size tip you use. Yeah, beyond uh, comfort. You it's have that sound ears, Absolutely. You have 90 degree turn Exostoses. You have exostosis. You uh, have mastoid cavities. Yes. And you have yeah. conductive components where they need a lot of power. I mean, yeah. just there's going to be people going out there that have, and you know as well as I do, that, that these are made for mild to moderate hearing losses. Yeah. There's going to be people out there that have moderate to severe. They're going to try it. They're going to try it. Because, because they, they, they think, oh, this is, now I can get hearing aids less expensively. Yeah, they don't have yeah. to bother and then, then they, they don't know the difference of how much better it could be. Yeah. And so, yeah, I, I have mixed feelings about it, but I, I yeah. think you're right. It's more accessible and more affordable. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it's what's best for the patient. Absolutely. And, you know, so, so I, I, I mentioned exostoses and mastoid cavities. What's the most difficult type of patient or canal or ears that you've worked with? Well, there was a guy that came in you know, several years ago. Mm -hmm. He had treats with Collins. Mm -hmm. And he came up to me and he goes, uh, um, you know, I, I need a, a new hearing aid. He's wearing a hearing aid. Mm -hmm. he, he took off both of his ears <laughs> and he yeah. gave it to me. Yeah. I was like, okay. First time that, yeah. The first never, time that happens, that'll shock you a little bit. First time. Yeah. And he used 3M tape. Yeah. To tape them to his tape head. Tape them on. Yeah. Now they have magnets. Yeah, they, they have, have magnets. really sophisticated yeah. prosthetic yeah. ears. Yeah. The ears will look so real yeah. now. So real. Yeah. And so the challenge we had was, was uh, feedback. Yeah. Um, because narrow, you, narrow canal. Yeah. Narrow canal. And also when you, when you tape an ear to the head, the, the, the ear to the head has to be completely sealed. Yeah, it's not sealed, it's not tight. Yeah, and the sound comes through the side of the, the ear. Yeah. And so we, uh, we told him that he needed more strong, stronger tape, more adhesive tape. And when he did that, the feedback went away. But it was a tricky one because yeah. you have to shoot the prosthetic ear on the head. You can't shoot the ear and then fit it. I've seen that happen when people yeah. send me orders with a picture of an ear. I said, well, you have to have the ear on the head. Right. Because this, that's what that's how it's gonna fit. Right. And and so that was a tricky one. And I want I want to bring up something about challenging fits that I ran into. And you know, I've seen fittings across all 50 states that come see us. Mm -hmm. You know, especially the ones where the customer said, hey, we tried everything and mm -hmm. we're not getting any good results. I had a lady that came in and I'll never forget this. And it wasn't a physical fit issue. It's more about word recognition, being able to understand speech. Mm -hmm. And we, we just seeing the audiologist did a test yeah. and we, uh, we took the, you shot the ear impressions and, uh, and I told the lady, I said, listen, you know, your hearing loss, you know, and she knew she had a bad hearing loss mm -hmm. and, and, uh, and she had zero word recognition, mm -hmm. zero. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and she wanted to be able to talk on the phone. Mm -hmm. And so, I was uh, concerned because, you know, sometimes you have to set expectations, you know, so you have to tell the patient, hey, this is the test, this is the result. And so we, um, uh, we did the test, you know, and again, and, and when we fit her, she said she could hear better. Mm -hmm. You know, hearing wasn't the problem, it was understanding. Yes. So we, we fit her with new hearing aids and we got it up, you know, the way she liked it, you know, verification, mm -hmm. aided response. And, um, she goes, do you mind if I go to the other room and, and talk to you? I said, just letting you know, you're a, you're a great lip reader because I'm, I'm yeah. a lip reader as well because yeah. I have a hearing loss too. Yep, I, I said, you're a great lip reader. You, you really tune in and mm -hmm. you've had a hearing loss for a very long time and you've, you've learned to 
you know, look at people and read lips. And she goes, absolutely. But she goes, can I try to call you? And I said, yeah, sure. I'm wondering what she's going to yeah. hear. Yeah. So she goes into another room and closes the door, right? And I told her, that we have a glass in our offices. Mm -hmm. I told her to turn around not to look at me. Yeah. I pick up the phone and I asked her five simple questions. And she understood none of them. Mm -hmm. I wasn't surprised. Sure. I gave the phone to her son. She got all the questions right. Wow. <clears throat> I believe, and you know, we truly don't understand, you know, we understand the ear and how the ear works. Mm -hmm. But the perception of how we hear. Yeah. She's known her son for 25 years. He was 25 at the time. She knew that voice. Okay, so her son was talking. It wasn't, okay, gotcha. So like, a familiar talker. The son was with me. Got it. Okay. I got the phone gotcha. and gave it to the son. Gotcha, okay. I and, I couldn't believe, and I couldn't believe. The familiar she, talker and she was same... able to hone, hone in on his voice. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I've seen that many times and, and it's and absolutely the, And the voice was zero percent in both yeah. ears. Yeah. And you know what? She was ecstatic. Yeah. And she said. Because that's a voice she needs to hear yes. every day. So, so I tell people, just because what you see. Right. You got to try it. Right. Because you don't know until I you try it. it. So, so she, 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 she came back to me and she was in tears. She goes, yeah. I could hear my son. I could understand him. Right. And she looked Which at- Which for her is the most important yeah. voice she in the world. She didn't care about me. She was no, like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, I, I, I need to hear you for this yeah. example. But, but, but it meant so much to her, yeah. to her son. And, and, and so I, it, it made me realize, you know, and Bill, and Bill always tells me this, you know, um, you, when, you, when you fit people, and you know, you, you know, we talk about you know real measurements yeah. and verifications and hearing a noise test and all that. I think it's all important, yeah. very important. But the truth is, when the patient actually wears it yeah. and what they experience personally, because we don't know how the brain is really perceiving it. Yeah. We know we know how to measure the the resonance of the ear canal. We know how to matching target. Yeah, we, we know, you know, all we, of that we, we is important. That. Yes. an important part of the science. Absolutely. But the art and the yes. emotion of this yes. is like you said, the ear is the boss yes. and the patient is the boss and the needs of the patient are what are is always uh, the only consideration yes. that matters. And, and that relentless focus is what makes you yes. not only a master ear oh. technician, yeah. a, an ear magician yeah. in the sense and of it, understanding the patient's. And I've been very fortunate because I've yeah. seen it for, yeah. for many years and and uh, I think that, I think the truth is what the patient tells us. Yeah. If, if the, you know, I, I have people that, I can go on and on, Dave. <laughs> well, <laughs> but, and we're out of time. But, oh, we uh, are? I, I would okay. love to. But, um, but, but yeah. you know, just real quick, you know, I, I see people that come in and, and, you know, like you said, we target the fit and yeah. everything looks great. We, you do all these measurements and they're like, Ray, it's not loud enough. Yeah. I can barely hear you. Yeah. And everything looks good on the, on, the, on the graphs and the computer. And I keep turning it up, right? Well, the guy will analog hearing aids for right. 30 years. Power junkie. He's a power junkie. Yeah, yeah. So, but we don't see it on the audiogram. People listen in yeah. different points. And those in are their... the best. We fit super thresholds. We don't Absolutely. fit thresholds. We do not fit thresholds. We fit super thresholds. Yeah. And people like to listen at various points yes. in that level. That's why comfortable loudness and mm -hmm. upper limit of comfortable loudness, yeah. I know factors in a lot to the fittings. And I think it's all part of that personalization, yes. customization, and listening to the patient. Yes. And I'm really appreciative of you coming on the well, I have more to, say, to, but to okay. nerd out a little bit yeah. on the, the physical factors, the emotional factors, yeah. and most importantly, the patient components. You had one more story to share, so go for it. So um, uh, I don't know which one you want me to share, but I'll, I'll share a story. Yeah, so I had a, um, I've seen, you know, seen as many patients I've seen over the years, um, 
one of the things I we do at, here at the headquarters is we we interface the fit before we build the hearing aid. What I mean by that is we actually make the shell mm-hmm. and we put it in the patient's ears. Yep. And you'd be surprised what you can learn about how 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 the shell fits before we actually build the product. Right, so this goes back to the earlier part of the discussion where the movement in the ear canal, and before you ever put the components in the product, yes. you're just taking the shell, and this is the benefit of being here at the, at the headquarters. Yeah, absolutely. Because I've watched Bill do this yeah. and you do this, where you put it in the ear before the components are there and see how that shell moves. Yeah. And then it helps you with additional modification yeah before you put the components yeah. in. And it's one of the, again, one of the, and, the, and honestly, the things that makes that truly the Center for Excellence. Yes, and, yeah. and the Center for Excellence is a very special place because yeah. we have we have the factory behind us yeah. and we have Bill Austin. I've been really spoiled for the 12 years oh. I've been working here to have them right down the hall. Yeah, And, and you know, you, I know that the professionals out there in the market don't have that ability to be able to walk down the hall and get the benefit of this, but yeah. you as a resource, uh, the Center for Excellence, yeah. um, Bill Austin, mm-hmm. uh, and that expertise is what I think enables Starkey to continue to have a reputation, the rep- the earned reputation yeah. of making the smallest, most uh, comfortable, most cosmetically appealing devices, whether they're AP molds, whether they're custom in the ear canal devices uh, of anyone in the industry. And it, that still, um, the combination of our technology, the role of the professional, Will deliver optimal results for the patient. And, can and can I pick up one more thing? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> can go. You know, you mentioned about the professional. Yeah. You know, when we talk about getting products, you know, over the counter mm-hmm. and so forth, um, you know how many people I see that come in that don't know that they're completely plugged with wax mm-hmm. um, before they get a hearing test. Mm-hmm. We're going to have people out there testing themselves. Yeah. They're going to be completely plugged with wax. Yeah. I've had people come in with perforated eardrums, yeah. um, excessive fluid behind the eardrum, not even aware of it. Right. That, that part right there is, is so vital and so important mm-hmm. that, that I think the health of the patient, I think, is the main thing here that we're talking about here, that what's best for the patient. Mm-hmm. And there was a comment where this guy came in and he had a growth in his ear, didn't know about it. Mm-hmm. And we told Bill about it. And he ended up having a tumor. And he went to a doctor, an ENT, and he had to have surgery that day. Yeah. It was so bad, yeah. the, the tumor. Um, and, and pretty much he told us it saved his life. Yeah. When I see these things, it bothers me because I really care about what we yeah. do for our patients. When, when I see that and see what I've seen all these years, and I see these commercials and I see these things on social media, are we truly doing what's best for the patient? Well, I think, you know, and it is part of a longer discussion, but I mean, raising awareness for the importance of hearing, raising awareness for the role of the professional is all a part of this process. And I think, you know, we'll see how this all goes, but I think if more people understand the benefits of amplification and the role of the professional and the importance of technology, well, the better off we'll all be. But don't you think that we should look in the ear before we do anything? Absolutely, absolutely. And do you think that people are gonna get that service and they? 
not, you know, they have various <laughs> questions that are going to be given yeah, to them to sort that out. But, yeah. uh, you know, I think that issue of OTC is going to continue to be an evolving yeah. one. And I think, and we just need to see how. I, I think if if you get an OTC, at least go see a professional. Yeah, and and, and, and let I'm them with you. and let them decide what's best. Yeah, because that's what they're there for. Yeah, and I think that's so important, so vital. Completely agree. So. Okay, we've gone over, but uh, lots of great <laughs> stuff here. Okay. And uh, I'll ask one more question. What's your favorite sound? You, you mentioned you have a hearing loss. What's the one sound that you would really miss if you could no longer hear the way you hear? When you said that, that touched my heart. And I'll tell you why. I have a 19-year-old daughter. Mm -hmm. Love to text. Mm -hmm. Just to hear her voice. Yeah, yeah. Texting she, is one thing. But she's a freshman in college. Yeah, and she's in South Carolina. Yeah, she's having too much fun, but yeah. she's in a sorority. And I said, honey, don't text me, call me. Mm -hmm. So if I didn't hear my daughter's voice, that All would right. bother me a lot. Enough said. So that's, uh, that's personal to me. We'll end there. So yeah. thank you, Ray, You're for welcome. being with us on this issue yeah, of well, Soundbites. We me. talked Absolutely. about a wide array of topics. And <laughs> yeah. uh, love to have you back to continue this discussion. Please do. I would love uh, to come back. If you like this uh, session, please uh, share it with your friends. Uh, subscribe to the podcast so you're sure not to miss a single episode. Um, consult with Ray Woodworth, who's in the, the Center for Excellence, and the rest of the team that we have here. We're, we're your partner. We want to help Absolutely. ensure that those fittings deliver optimal results so that your patients are beyond satisfied to delighted. And uh, thank you for listening, and we'll look forward to hearing you on the next time.